Welcome to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, with your host, Director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome to the Veterans Perspective. I am your host, Zanetta Adams, Director of the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency, and I'm so honored to be hosting this show during Memorial Day weekend. So Memorial Day is a time where we're honoring Michigan's military personnel who have died while serving our country. Today's guest will be talking about information regarding Memorial Day, and we'll be joined by Garth Wooten, who's the president of Great Lakes National Cemetery Advisory Council, Amy Looney, the vice president of Travis Mannion Foundation, and John Juarez, Michigan Veterans Memorial Park Commission member. Please stick around with us because we have so much information to share with you about not only the history of Memorial Day, but about some of the resources that are available for those who have lost a loved one. So stick around with us and we will return really soon on The Veterans Perspective. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. I'm Jennifer Lamb and I'm your guest host for today. We're going to talk about Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. I have some great conversations with folks who can provide resources and information for veterans who might be struggling. Although I'm the manager of strategic outreach for MVAA, I'm also a licensed clinical social worker who has worked in mental health and mental health with veterans, service members, and their families for a long time. We're going to talk about suicide awareness and some resources that are available to you. I'll urge you to know that there is help and help works. And if you or someone you know is struggling, reaching out to some of these resources or finding ways to connect with people that might have been there, done that, and be able to pull through might be the answer that you're looking for. Today's topics might be a little bit heavy for some people. And, and again, please know that there is help. I'd like to go through a few of the places where you might be able to reach out for help. The first is if you can call the Veteran Crisis Line at 800-273-8255 and press 1, or you can text 838-255. You can talk to somebody directly when you're in a crisis. I encourage everybody I know to plug this number, 800-273-8255, into your phone. And if you're ever talking to someone who is in a crisis, it helps them to know that there's nothing wrong with being able to call this number to reach out to somebody. You can actually hand them your phone, knowing that this phone number is programmed into your phone. Um, really, when we're talking about suicide prevention and suicide prevention awareness month, knowing some of the resources and the peer support that's available might be able to help somebody who's struggling or somebody who's in crises. Some of our guests today will tell us more about it just a few of the great peer support programs that exist in vet for veterans here in Michigan. But here's a few more resources for you that's worth discussing. The first one is the VA's Make the Connection program. This is a public awareness campaign that provides personal testimonies and resources to help veterans discover ways to improve their lives. Many veterans return from their service, not only with physical wounds, but some also have mental health issues that they might not recognize or that they might not recognize right away and might show up later in their time. If you want to reach out to the VA's Make the Connection, you can find out more at maketheconnection.net. The other program that's really unique to the state of Michigan is the Veteran Navigator Program that's run through the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services. 
Veteran navigators are in your community across the state. They know where you live. They know a little bit about your community. They know about your backyard. And they're there to help veterans and military families, all eras, all discharge types, to work together to ease issues around mental health, substance abuse, housing, other common issues that can affect a veteran and that could actually be a trigger point for someone who might be struggling with suicide and trying to prevent some of the uh, implications from the ideations of suicide and the, and the actions of suicide. Um, you can connect with a veteran navigator in your own community simply by visiting the michigan.gov backslash mdhhs and find one of those veteran navigators that really knows what you might be going through and how to find some of the supports that you might be looking for. Another resource and one of the ones that I've worked with for years is Given Hour. This program offers free access to mental health professionals, again, in your community. These are trained, licensed mental health professionals who have volunteered their time to provide no-cost mental health services to veterans, service members, their families, anybody who's connected to a veteran. Um, they also have expanded their resources to be able to work with those that are affected by natural disasters, uh, things such as the COVID-19 pandemic, and even some man-made disasters, the floods, the hurricanes that we've seen in the past couple of years, and mass shootings. If you'd like to connect with somebody through Given Hour, you can visit givenhour.org for more information on this organization or even to request a service member and a service provider in your community. Finally, when I'm talking about some of the resources, I know there are many veterans who are struggling with the recent events in Afghanistan. If you're having trouble navigating your feelings, as many people are, uh, please know that it's okay to reach out. Even if it's just to talk to somebody that has been in your shoes or understands where you're coming from. Um, you can reach out to the Iraq and Afghanistan Veterans of America by, by I'm sorry, by calling 800-MYVA411. You can reach out to the Afghanistan Veterans through their RAPID program at 855-91-RAPID. That's 855-917-2743. There's also a number 877-WAR-VETS that's an around-the-clock, 24-hour confidential call center where combat veterans and their families can call to talk about their military experiences or any other issues that they're facing in their readjustment to civilian life. The staff is comprised of combat veterans from several eras, as well as family members of combat veterans. Now, I do want to point out that none of these resources are crisis interventions. If you are in a crisis or if you need help for someone you know, again, the Veteran Crisis Line is 800-273-8255. Veterans can press one um, to speak with someone that specifically understands their concerns. You can also text 828 255. Remember, as Director Adams always says, it's okay to not be okay, but it's not okay to keep it to yourself. When we return from this commercial break, John Wallace from Pure 360 Recovery will be joining us. So stay tuned and we'll be right back.
to the Veterans Perspective. I'm your guest host, Jennifer Lamb. Our first guest today is from Peer360 Recovery Alliance. Peer360 Recovery Alliance exists to serve the diverse recovery communities, their families, friends, and allies, offering a unified voice and a shared recovery vision. They're building bridges across the gaps between professional treatment services and successful lives in long-term recovery so that no more are lost to addiction. Peer support is an informal gathering of others in recovery. It's a chance to share experiences and strengthen recovery with others. It's also a chance to talk about struggles and get support from people who have been in similar situations. Here to talk to us more about Peer 360 Recovery Alliance is John Wallace. John is a six-year Army Airborne veteran with the 82nd Airborne with two deployments to Iraq and Afghanistan. John found recovery in June of 2020 and is working towards 16 months of sobriety. Welcome to the show, John. Thank you. Thank you for having me. First of all, congratulations on 16 months of sobriety. That's a great milestone to reach. Thank you very much. I was hoping, besides what I kind of threw out to introduce you, you could tell me a little bit more about what Peer Recovery Alliance 360 is. Peer 360 Recovery Alliance is a nonprofit organization that's funded through Mid-State Health Network. Peer 360 Recovery Alliance exists to serve diverse recovery communities, their friends, families, allies, um, offer a unified voice and a shared recovery vision. Um, We hold peer recovery support groups, both in person and on Zoom. We organize events that are free to the community and you can find us on uh, peer360recovery.org. So you had mentioned Zoom, but talk to me a little bit, John, where are you guys located? Our main office is in Bay City, Michigan. Um, We have eight coordinators or we have coordinators throughout the state. We, um, We currently serve eight counties. And they are Aranac, Bay, Huron, Isabella, Midland, Saginaw, Shiawassee, and Tuscola. But it sounds like, are you able to serve outside of those communities when you have somebody that can call into a Zoom meeting, or do you still uh, kind of focus on those communities? Uh, No, Um, Peer360 is open to anyone and everyone. Um, Oh, fantastic. Searching, you know, searching for recovery. Uh, we just have coordinators that work in those eight counties right now. Right. That's always good to, to clarify and know. Um, before we talk about how people can connect to this organization for support, I guess I need to go back a little bit, John. What is your role with uh, Peer360? I am a Zoom facilitator for an all-veterans meeting. Um I have veterans that reach out to me via Zoom, uh, the phone, email. Um, I I just, I work with people um, one way or the other, whether it's on a Zoom meeting or over the phone. Um, I just, I, tr- I try to uh, work with other vets, you know, um, and for me, it doesn't matter what time of day or night it is. Uh, I've taken phone calls at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, if if it helps somebody stay sober, you know, for another day, 
I'm there for it. So, so I heard you talk about this all veteran peer support group. Um, I understand it meets on Tuesdays and it's open to any veteran. Um, how does somebody find out how to connect to that Zoom meeting if they don't know how to contact you directly, John? Uh, every Tuesday night at 7, 7 p.m., I hold, I hold an all vets meeting. That is correct. If, um, if they're looking for links uh, for the Zoom, go to peer360recovery.org. You can find it on the website there. Uh, there's also a meeting ID. Uh, I think the meeting ID I have is 841-0967-0380. That is correct. And then the passcode is one that you created to make it pretty easy for people to be able to get in. One, two, three, four, five, six, right? That's it. it. So tell me a little bit. This is an all-veteran peer support group on Tuesdays. Um, As a veteran working in this field, can you share a little bit about your experiences? Um, when I first found recovery, I didn't want anything to do with it. I didn't want anything to do with recovery. I didn't want anything to do with people and like sharing my story. But what I found since being in recovery is that one thing that we lack, especially when we're outside of the military, is the brotherhood, the camaraderie. And I've found that again within recovery to a certain extent. Um, it's really cool how willing people are to be there for one another in recovery. And that's really like one of the things that seems to help. And it really helped me, um, trust in the process really. That makes sense to me. Um, if you were to, you know, reach out to a veteran who's struggling now, who might be in that similar situation you're talking about, John, not wanting to connect with other people, just wanting to uh, go through this battle by themselves. What would you tell them to help them be more successful? Reaching out is, you know, it's it's not a sign of weakness. It's not a moment of weakness. It's actually really takes great strength. Uh, It takes a lot of strength and inner strength to, to make that connection and to make that call. And I can say firsthand, um, it was one of the hardest things I ever did, but one of the most rewarding. Um, My life has changed drastically. Yeah. Because I've reached out and because I continue to, you know, even myself, I still reach out to people. So I think that's an important distinction too. You know, we're celebrating Uh, sobriety and recovery for you, but it's a continual process and and constantly connecting with people. Um, If it's the first day or if it's day 100, day 1,000, it's constantly reaching out to people and staying connected. Um, Absolutely. You'd mentioned something I want to kind of go back to if we can really quickly, but I know that many veterans are, are afraid of I don't know, the stigma for reaching out. Maybe they feel like they're not as strong if they're reaching out for help. How can we overcome this for people that are listening? It, it really, it just comes down to make, to make that call. You are so much stronger inside and out by making the call and 
um, being willing to, to make that change. It is not weak at all. It is not a moment of weakness. It is not at all what it looks like, I guess you would say. Oh, that sounds, I mean, I hope people hear that and listen to that because that sounds like the most truth you can imagine that you can try to go through this alone, but picking up that phone and reaching out to somebody or, or in your case, reaching out on that Zoom call um, to be able to find someone to stand beside you and make sure that you're doing well uh, really is such a sign of strength and support for, for our fellow veterans. Um, I want to throw out that website one more time, John. So the website that you're talking about to get people connected to you is this peer360recovery.org, O-R-G. I thank you so much for joining us, John. Uh, stick around. Our next guest, Daniel, will join us to tell us more about MVAA's Buddy to Buddy program and some of the exciting things happening for reaching out with peer support. Thank you for your time, John. Thank you so much. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective. Today we're wrapping up a month of suicide prevention awareness. I'm your host, Jennifer Lamb, and our next guest today is Daniel Shenever with the MVAA's Buddy to Buddy program. Before we get started, some questions that I'm going to have for you, Daniel. I wanted to give some information to our listeners about the Buddy to Buddy program if they haven't heard of it before. The Buddy to Buddy initiative at MVAA continues the program developed at the University of Michigan and offered throughout Michigan since 2009. Buddy to Buddy offers personal one-on-one -on -one veteran mentorship to veterans of all eras and discharge types, as well as individuals currently serving in the Michigan National Guard or Reserves who may not know where to find the resources or might be reluctant to seek the help that they need. Volunteer veteran mentors called buddies are vetted and trained in skills such as active listening and helping veterans connect to resources. Buddies are located throughout Michigan to help support a veteran's needs and to link them to benefits and resources that range from financial to employment, from education to healthcare. Buddies can also connect their fellow veterans to advocates such as veteran navigators who can help with mental health and substance abuse issues. That being said, welcome to our show today, Daniel. Well, thank you for having me, Jennifer. It's always a pleasure to uh, be able to be on a Zoom call or radio call and Talk a little bit about this program and, and the wonderful things they're doing in our community. Well, so no, you've you. been a, thank you. It's, it's always nice to spend time with you. You've been a buddy mentor for quite a while now with the Buddy to Buddy program at MVAA. Can you tell us why you decided to become a buddy mentor? Well, you know, for me, it was a natural fit. I'm a small business owner. And part of what I do is I'm constantly networking and constantly out there. And prior to that, I was very heavily involved in the nonprofit community so I already knew a lot of local resources and being a disabled veteran, I was passionate about sharing information, helping people out. So when this opportunity came along, I said, you know what, I'm already sort of kind of doing this. Why not do it, you know, for the MVA? Why not do it on their behalf as well? And it was just, to me, it was a natural fit. And that's why I became a buddy-to-buddy -buddy volunteer. So. so when you talk to some of these veterans or when you're talking with um, veterans through the buddy-to-buddy -buddy program, what are some of the common issues that you hear people struggle with or need assistance with? 
you know, I, I hear people talk about everything from that, you know, they had a bad experience with the VA 20 years ago. And I have to remind them that this is not the VA, this is the MVAA, which there is a difference. I hear people talk about lack of access to resources in their community. And it's, and I remind them that it's not so much lack of access, but it's lack of information about what's in their community. So I hear complaints about the need for housing. I hear, I've heard complaints in the past about the need for employment. I've heard complaints from people about getting their DD-214 and how they've been mistreated by other agencies. And thankfully, that's not been the issue at all with MVAA and their outreach. You know, they're just, they're just the opposite. So those issues usually get pretty resolved easily. Well, and you're talking about some high stressor issues. So if you're talking to someone who might be struggling, who might be struggling to make sure that they have, you know, a place of value um, in their community, when you're talking about someone struggling with work or struggling with housing, these are really high stressor issues that could really affect a veteran. Um, how does the Buddy to Buddy program help someone with those type issues? You know, what works best that I've seen is being present in the moments with those individuals, not looking past them, not thinking ahead, but thinking in the moment with them. And so by being that voice, that that voice that says, hey, I've been there, I've done that, I understand what you're going through, by being real with people and treating them, you know, in the moments, you know, that tends to work best for helping people address those issues. And let's be honest, as a veteran myself, I think um, it's always hard talking about some struggles with people that don't understand yeah. where you're coming from. I tend to love talking with veterans as someone who understands what I might have gone through or what other people have gone through. Uh, do you feel like a lot of veterans have feel this way or is this why veterans try to connect with other veterans? You know, I do. I do. It's that, that commonality. You know, whether somebody was in the Air Force talking to a Navy vet, whether it was an Army veteran talking to a Marine Corps vet or Coast Guard, it doesn't matter. There's a shared commonality there. And when somebody's sincere and honest with that and they're in a position to give them information and talk and listen and truly hear and understand what they've went through, I, I think that's so valuable in the minds of veterans. You know, it's, it's a wonderful thing. And that's why, you know, one of the things I like the most about this program. And, you know, that's one of the real big importances of peer support or peer mentorship support. Um, at, at MVAA and through the Buddy to Buddy program, we believe that a veteran getting connected to care, whether they're in crisis or to prevent getting into crisis, is a critical step. Um, share with, if, with me, if you can, maybe some of the success stories of what it's like to be connected with someone else when they're going through problems or when they need a little bit of extra support? You know, there have been quite a few people I've worked with in the past that were veterans. And then there's been a few people I've worked with in this program as well. And some of the success stories I can think of are, for instance, I had a veteran call up and he didn't know where to begin as far as reaching out to his extended family. He had lost contact with them quite a few years ago. Um, he wanted my help in basically reaching out to these people and finding them. And that's not something I've had much experience with. But I was able to direct him to connect to different resources that might be in a better position to help him reach out that, you know, reach out and make that connection. And as far as I know, he did that. And so that was kind of a nice feeling to be able to say, you know, I've helped this man who's got some issues going on. I've helped him connect a little bit. I've helped him go in the right direction at least. And I know that he's going to get the help that he deserves. So that was a pretty great story. Those are, those are lovely stories. I mean, that's the whole reason why we talk and we talk openly about how important it is to have peer connections. 
Um, we're wrapping up the month of September and Suicide Prevention Awareness Month. Um, I know that when we're talking about these really dramatic issues, when we're talking about when someone has suicidal ideations, connecting with somebody um, in a crisis situation or even connecting with somebody to listen to their story is really important. Uh, you and I talk about this often, but when you're talking about suicide with someone or thoughts of self-harm, how important is it to ask those real questions uh, when you're connecting? You know, I, I think it's very important. Um, again, I'm a firm believer in being present in the moment. And when somebody's going through that crisis, you have to sometimes ask those hard questions. You have to be there with them mentally and say, hey, you know, are you in danger? Do you, do you have access to weapons? You know, what are you feeling right now? You can't sit there and try to defend or try to aggressively attack. You have to sit there and be present in the moment and listen and truly hear. And I'm not a crisis counselor by any means, but I try to redirect people if I ever find myself in a position like that. I try to direct them to the right resources. I try to um, direct them to like the crisis line that we offer. So it's just a matter of just being there, being present, listening and asking those tough questions and letting them know that you genuinely care and there's a community behind you that cares for them. You know, I think that's so important. You don't have to be a crisis interventionist to be able to ask somebody, are you in danger? Do you need some supports? You do need to know how to connect them. And you and I have kind of mentioned a couple of times, you know, if you have someone in a crisis, to connect them to the Veterans Crisis Line at 800-273-8255 and to encourage veterans to press 1. They can also text 838255. But how do they connect with, with a buddy? It sounds like you are someone that is willing to um, hop in that foxhole with someone and be by their side. How would they connect to a buddy through the Buddy to Buddy program? Well, if they call the you know the main number, the 1-800-MISH-VETS number, they can reach out through that number to a buddy to buddy in their community. And then from there, that buddy to buddy can sit down with them and have coffee, reach out by telephone, by Zoom meeting, by email, however it works. That's how, how they tend to reach out to me most as they get referred. And then I, I call them or they call me. So I hope if somebody's in crisis, they do get a chance to reach out. Thanks so much, Daniel, for joining us. Well, thank you for having us. I appreciate it. Uh, when, we're going to take a break here, uh, and we'll be back in just a minute. When we come back, we'll talk more about suicide awareness, uh, preventing, or I'm sorry, in programs in Michigan for veterans and service members. Uh, the guest I had with me is Daniel Shenever from the Buddy to Buddy program. And again, thank you so much for your time, Daniel. Thank you again. I appreciate it. Welcome back to the Veterans Perspective, presented by the Michigan Veterans Affairs Agency. Now back to your host, director of the MVAA, Zanetta Adams. Welcome back to The Veterans Perspective. I'm your guest host, Jennifer Lamb. And today, as we're continuing to talk about Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, our final guests are Heather Nystrom and Master Sergeant Davenport from the Michigan Army National Guard Behavioral Support Team. Welcome, Heather. Welcome, Master Sergeant Davenport. Thank you. Thank you. 
I'm going to just kind of walk us through a little bit so I can get a feel for what you guys do for the uh, behavioral support team. Maybe one of you can walk me through what are the services that you provide for National Guard members? Uh, well, I can speak uh, from the behavioral health perspective. I'm the director of psychological health for the um, Michigan Army National Guard. And so we offer a wide variety of resources for the soldiers. I, uh, so we have a full-time team of four psychological health coordinators. And each of them fall under the different uh, brigades or direct reporting units to JHQ. So we can provide them with um, brief intervention counseling, resource connection, advocacy, uh, clinical case management, crisis intervention, uh, psychological evaluations, wellness and resiliency trainings, referral, and then referrals for other behavioral health resources in the community. Uh, we also collaborate with programs um, that Master and Davenport oversees when it comes to risk and resiliency. And so there's a lot of internal resources that we can utilize and, and get the soldiers connected to if they are in need of that type of assistance. Now, is this just for active duty service members or can veterans use these benefits as well? Uh, so our full-time team, uh, unfortunately, we only serve those that are actively serving in the Guard. So those that might be your traditional M-Day soldiers that serve one week in a month, two weeks a year, though it's more than that lately. Uh, and then our, our Army Guard Reserve soldiers that are our active duty soldiers. So we can serve those soldiers and their families. Um, there are programs internal to the Guard that can serve veterans, and certainly if we get those types of referrals, we'll make sure that we make those connections to family programs who can serve our veterans and are the gatekeepers for those community referrals. So, Master Sergeant Davenport, you I heard a little bit about this resiliency program that you, you run. Um, how does resiliency integrate into... Um, you know, dealing with behavioral supports? Well, for the resiliency uh, training, um, we kind of give the, uh, the soldiers and the airmen now, we're trying to get that joint uh, training going. But what we do is we give the, uh, the coping strategies for many of our younger soldiers who, um, I don't want to say don't have the coping skills, but they're not uh, they're not as defined or refined as our older um, soldiers. But what we do is we give them the communication skills, the coping strategies, um, so that you know they don't make harsh, rash, impulsive decisions. Um, they're better able to resolve conflict. Ah, that um, makes so sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like you kind of catch them before they are in a crisis, teach them some um, skills and abilities to become a little bit more protected when crises hits. Absolutely. That's my, my realm in the National Guard is more of the um, prevention training for resilience, suicide awareness uh, prevention training, and the substance abuse prevention. So uh, that's my little piece of the pie. So... Both you, both of you and I as well, you know, I've worked with the military and, and have served in the military. How hard is it really for someone who's serving to ask for this kind of help? I think that's a loaded, a loaded, a little bit of a loaded question. Um, you know, unfortunately, we still do have stigma that we're trying to work against a lot of times. But I think 
there's such an integration in, of care and treatment or support within the internal to the guard. Um, it would be really hard. You almost couldn't throw a stick without hitting some type of resource within the guard. And I think we, you know, partnered with Equal Opportunity, our SHARP um, program and Master Endeavor Ports programs, family programs. Like we do such a good job of collaborating together. And I can't, certainly can't forget the chaplains. You know, we work so close together that usually if there's a soldier in need, one of us is aware of it and able to make sure we get them connected to the right person. However, you know, there can be some hesitation. And so we try to market, um, especially, and I can speak over behavioral specifically, we try to market, um, you know, what are the trends right now, especially all through COVID, we knew that we needed to increase putting ourselves out there because soldiers were isolated. They were isolated with their families. So we could see that there could be the potential for some behavioral health concerns. So we increased communication with commanders and first fire. We increased communications to the soldiers, putting out different news newsletters on various topics like moral injury or being isolated. What are some things that you can do? What are some resources out in the community? How can you can still connect virtually? So we, we certainly over the last um, year and a half or so increased our presence. And I think that has really helped not just because of COVID response, but also in general, it has helped uh, soldiers be more aware of what's out there. So I think from a stigma perspective, it might still be a little difficult for soldiers to reach out, but certainly um, we've, we've definitely put our programs out there and made them available so that from the top down and the bottom up, uh, soldiers are aware of what we can do for them. So I'm hearing about all of these programs and really this huge um, action to kind of reduce the stigma of seeking help. But if you're someone who's struggling or if you are maybe a commander of someone who's struggling, how do we teach these soldiers the difference between having a bad day or a bad week or being in a mental health crisis? Oh, well, some of that could be from our program in behavioral health, but then some of that would be uh, with Mass Iron Davenport's uh, area of expertise, which is resiliency. And so I think it's a lot about engagement. How do we engage the soldier? A lot of times we, you know, I'm, I'm a commander currently myself, and I'll be with my soldiers sometimes 72 hours, 48 hours a month. So I barely see them any other time. So you know, we have to get creative with how we engage soldiers and start that dialogue and start that communication. And some of that is the, through the skills that Matthew Davenport and his team uh, put out and train on. And then some of that is just, you know, again, getting ourselves marketed out there and, and, and meeting with different commanders or doing consultations with soldiers or leadership on how to engage soldiers on the various topics that maybe would be uncomfortable. Well, you know, I'm so impressed. I got out of the service almost 20 years ago, and we didn't have this level of support or even just talking about it as openly as what is talked about now. Um, it feels like there's this real deep commitment to making it okay to not be okay, but then to ask for help. 100%. I do. Definitely. I do want to get a little information from you guys. Talk to me about this Commander's Ready and Resiliency Council. Um, I don't really know, and maybe the people that are out there listening necessarily know what this council is, what the goals are for this. Uh, I don't know, Messer and Emperor, if you want me to take the lead, I can I can talk a little bit about that. But so our, and I don't know how many states out, so every state should have a Commander's Ready and Resilient Council. Um, I don't know how many of them are joint like ours, where we have invited 
both the Air Guard and the Army Guard to be present at the meetings to include all the service uh, programs within our state. So, you know, sexual assault response, uh, the chaplains, we off, we ask for officers from the different MSCs and enlisted from the different, the brigades, sorry. Um, but what we do is we evaluate what are the health promotion needs of the state, of the force. Because um, we're, no, you know, with Guard, both Army and Air, we're, I think, what, just over 10,000, 11,000 soldiers, so uh, service members. So, you know, we want to evaluate and see what are the health needs, total fitness of the force. Um, we identify and recommend strategies to the leadership so that we can eliminate redundancies and to um, make sure we're covering any voids that are in any of the programs or services. And then certainly, like, a big piece of it is that coordination of effort. How are you we know, coming it, together? I, I hate to, to close you out a little bit. It sounds like yeah. there's so much done on this council, and we might have to talk yeah. about this another time as well. Uh, what I really yeah. want to do is get out there that if there are veterans who are struggling or are looking for help, they can call the Veteran Crisis Line at 800-273-8255 and press 1. Or they can text 838-255 to get connected to CARE. At this point, I'm going to have to say thank you so much, um, both Heather and Master Sergeant Davenport, for joining us today. There's so much that we could talk about. I'm just thrilled to hear about the number of programs and the work that you guys are doing. I'd like to thank some of our other guests today, John Wallace from Peer Recovery 360, Daniel Shinevere from the MVA Buddy to Buddy program. If you have any questions of any of the information we discussed today, please give us a call at 800-MISHVET. If you are struggling and need someone to talk to, call the veteran crisis line at 800-273-8255 and press 1 or text 838-255. Thanks again.